be transformed. Turn into a better version of yourself, the highest version of yourself. You could be so much stronger than this. You could be better than you are today. You could be the highest version you've never reached. I want you to look in the mirror and challenge that man in the mirror because you can lie to everybody in the world, but you can't lie to that mirror. You are now tuned in to the Decisive Point Podcast, where influence meets intellect, the keys to unlocking your full potential. Here's your host, Jeffrey Delgado. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you uh, all for tuning in again today. Thank you for listening. Excited to be here. Actually, today it is, what is today? Today is, uh, today is Wednesday. Wednesday. What's the date today? The 17th. The 17th of November. So we're getting close to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I have here in studio, Brianna. Hello. She's here with me today, Brianna Sims. And we have a guest today. Her name is Portia Berger, like the actual burger. Is that right? Yes. Portia that Berger. That is correct. And I'm excited to have her here today. The reason why, she has a very unique background. She's been in competitive cheerleading, a coach for competitive cheerleading. And not only is she coaching cheerleading, but she's coaching some of the world's best cheerleaders. And they're winning. Like, you're talking first place. And so I wanted to hear a little bit from her, maybe her story, things like that. And I brought in Brianna today to kind of help me, maybe her input and what she feels about the topic as well. And having fun today. How do you guys feel about that? that I'm cool? excited. You're excited? I'm excited as well. Great. So, Portia, tell us about yourself. Tell us a little bit who you are, where you're from, and what got you into uh, cheerleading. So, I'm from Roseville, California, and I started doing competitive cheerleading when I was 13. 13. And I just really enjoyed all aspects of it. Then, around the age of 15, I started helping teach tumbling classes to help, like, offset tuition price. Tumbling, tumbling is what? Spin it around or what's tumbling? Flipping. Kind of similar to gymnastics. Gymna- okay, got it. All right. Um, and so I started help learning how to coach tumbling to help offset tuition price so that my mom didn't have to pay as much. Oh, makes sense. And so I started, like, I guess working to pay tuition for two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 17, I started coaching in addition to cheering. And I was getting paid at that point. Like, So you're cheering and coaching at the same yes. time. Oh, so you're also a cheerleader. I was till you're, I was 23. Gotcha. So you were a competitive cheerleader also? Till I was 23, yeah. And then you uh, decided to coach it. So I coached and cheered from like 17 till I was 23. And then wow. once I was just decided I was too old to do it anymore, my body hurt all the time. And <laughs> I was just kind of not over it, but... I wanted to focus on coaching it. Are you one that flies in the air? No. Oh, you're not. Okay. No, you, no. How about the one that spins around like they do backflips um, and stuff? I, I see could, it on ESPN. Like, I could tumble. You could tumble. That's called tumbling. Yes. I guess. Okay, got it. It wasn't my favorite part of it. So it wasn't necessarily the cheering like I see at a football game. You know, like, no. you know, go. You know, no. it's not that kind of cheerleading. No. no. So there is a difference between yes. that. Like, yes. like an example, when I watched, there was a show years ago I watched with my kids. It was called Bring It On. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is that what you're talking about? That level of cheerleading you're going up against other schools? Yes, but it's more, it's not for a school. It's just club, more like like club volleyball or like that kind of stuff where you're part of just a facility right. and you're not like, cheering like for anything. Like how there's travel baseball, travel softball. Yeah. Like that, but for cheering. So you, these kids are in high school or they're graduated or in college or? So we have as young as four. Four. Four years old. Four years old. They know how to cheerlead. They're, they learn. Wow. Yes. To as old, I think our oldest this year is like 28, 29. 
29-year-old cheerleader. Yes. Wow. It's possible. And they're competing at yes. 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're competing against people the same age, or are they competing against people in high school so or, college, it, or college? It varies. So at... It's split up by age group first, and then Mm. it's split by level. So the people that are out of high school and out of college, some of them, are cheering with no one younger than the age of, I believe it's 14. So it's like 14 to whatever age. Whatever age. So in other words, you could be in a division that's in high school, and you're going to be competing against people in high school. And then if you're over a certain age, you're going to be competing against people that age. And same thing. Is that right? And my daughter, she was, I wouldn't say she was like competing at a high level, but my daughter went to a school and she would, she was a cheerleader. So we would go to these competitions and there was always these different levels of cheerleading. So like, I didn't realize how different it was. Like you'd have like the kids that were cheerleading kind of for fun, if you will, like they're the ones at the games Mm -hmm. and then you'd get there and there's like this whole nother level of cheerleading, right? So can you explain to me what that next level is? What, what is the next level of cheerleading? Well, so we do beginner, I mean, the easiest way to look at it is beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Okay. But it's levels one through six now, one through seven. Six being the hardest. Yes. Okay. Highest level being the hardest. Um, We usually, our younger kids tend to be the lower levels typically, Mm -hmm. but we also have kids of the youngest age that are like mid-level, so like level three. Um, But it's... It varies. We get kids that come in that have never done anything, and they usually are, like, level one, some level two. Just getting started. Yeah. And then a majority of our level six kids, I think the youngest six level six athlete we have is 11, but we don't always have a team for their age. I see. Do, do everyone in certain levels have to be able to tumble? Yes, for the most part. I think we have, like, you're, based, you're placed on a team based off of what you do do tumbling wise it's skills at tryouts and then if there's a need like for me like I was always a better stunter than I was tumbler Mm. so I could hold people in the air and a stunter is someone who holds people yes a stunter than you were the one that's flying around that's that's a flyer Uh, yes that's flyer so there's base backspot flyer and I always was responsible for holding people and so there were times like I didn't need to tumble but they could utilize me in stunting. So we do make exceptions if kids aren't necessarily a strong tumbler, but they're really, really strong in other areas. We'll place them on a higher level team if we need that skill set. Awesome. So let me ask you a question. Um, what did you like about or what did you love about being a cheerleader yourself? Not necessarily teaching it, but about being a cheerleader yourself. Um, I loved the team aspect for the most part. Um, I liked the people I met. Because we had more in common than necessarily all the people I went to high school with, or um, so you cheer, you were a cheerleader at high school. No, but I did all star. But then I just I liked the people that I met in cheer a little bit more than some of the people I went to high school with. I gotcha. Um, I really liked learning because you learn a lot of life lessons. You learn wow um, a lot about not only yourself but how to push yourself past your limits, how to trust other people which is a big component of it Mm -hmm. um so i liked everything i learned that went along with it and i of course like to travel so oh you travel a lot yeah when you when you do cheerleading yes so like all over the country yes some teams now even get the 
opportunity to go out of country. Mm, international. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like so, what level is that? Like level six? Level six and level seven. So you said one to six. So there's another well, level. Well, there that's is level here. seven. We don't offer level seven at our location. Oh, I see. But there is a level seven. Yes. I gotcha. And what do you love about coaching this these uh, cheerleaders? I coach, I coach the younger, well, like mid age range of children. So like four, 14 and under typically. Right, that's cool. um, I like them because there's, I like that specific age group because they're easier to, they're still pleasers. They want to do right by you most of the time. And they're still like little sponges. So they absorb everything that you are teaching for the most part. Um, I like... A lot of the kids we get come from various walks of life, so I like getting to help build who they will eventually become in the future and help guide them towards, you know, making good choices, not only in the sport, but in just life in general. So you can help in that way with uh, helping these kids. You can actually guide them to be better people. Yes. Is that right? And you enjoy that. I do enjoy that. enjoy that. Well, that's great. So are you... You're still pursuing, or you're still a che- you're still pursuing teaching today. Is that right? You're yes. Still, you're still teaching today, mm-hmm. and you also are an entrepreneur now. You're also pursuing being a business owner. Yes. Is that right? Do you see anything in in what you're doing uh, that kind of could work together to kind of help you build your business and also, you know, kind of relate to what you use when you're a cheerleader? Um. Yes, I'm still learning about the whole entrepreneur side of things, but. Sure. Just communication in general, that's, I think, the biggest thing. Being willing to put yourself out there and communicate about things that either you... I mean, for me right now, I'm still learning a lot. So right. being un, being comfortable being uncomfortable, I guess, gotcha. is more or less for but me. You, but your whole life, you were a cheerleader. That was kind of like so that the majority is, of your life. Yeah. That area, I'm very confident in. That's right. But just learning to step outside of my comfort zone, I guess, is... And in cheer, you have to do that a lot. So it kind of... I also heard that you're a uh, weightlifter. I am. So what do you you mean by weightlifting? What You lift up weights or like what kind of (laughs) weightlifting? So I started doing CrossFit seven years ago, I think. Um, And a portion of CrossFit is weightlifting. So it's called Olympic weightlifting. But um, there's like... Three specific, well, two specific lifts that you have to be able to do that are used in CrossFit. So clean and jerk and then snatching, which is... Clean and jerk? Yes. Okay. And that means what? What Like you take the barbell from the floor to like level to your shoulders and then drive the barbell. Like what they do in the Olympics? Yes. Gotcha. That's clean and jerk? That's clean and jerk. And then the one that goes from the floor to over directly overhead without stopping in the middle is called a snatch. Didn't, Didn't the Philippines win... The gold medal this year in snatch. Yes, I. Are you talking I, I women's never, or men? Women's. Yes, women's, but I don't remember what weight category it was. But okay, yes, because I do remember her putting it over her head. Yes. Okay. So can that's you do snatch. that? Can you do that, Jeff? Yeah, with just a with just a <laughs> empty barbell, barbell, I could do it. I Perfect. Do it. it depends on the weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all a work in progress, but so I competed in, I got into that from CrossFit because I wanted to get better at the weightlifting portion of. CrossFit, I guess. And then I discovered that I actually liked it. It was it had a lot of similarities to cheer from the stunting portion of cheer. And so it was something that I felt I could be pretty good at. And then I did a couple of like local meets. And then, of course, cheer kind of just overruled everything because right. it's 
busy. Well, you seem like you're in great shape. Do you like work out every day or five to six days a week? Five to six days a week. You're on a strict diet? Give or take. Give or take. Meaning like not all the time. (laughs) Not all the time. I Monday through Friday I do pretty good. I don't I try to avoid eating gluten. Ate a lot of vegetables. That's good. A lot of fruit. She's very healthy, I'll say that. Don't smoke, don't drink. No. Never have. Never have. Never have. Wow, that's great. It's great to hear stories like this. I always look for it like someone who coaches other people or the kids specifically. Is there anything that you went through that you had to help somebody, you know, that made a difference in what you were doing now? Like, did you ever help a a child or maybe one of your students in cheerleading that may have made an impact on their life that you that you remember off the top of your head? Um, I would like to think I do more than I realize I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of parents that will talk to me and be like, oh, they were not doing so well in school and you taught them a lot of discipline or you taught them how to be better in areas that they might be weaker, which is transferred into over into educational side of things. Um, I have helped a handful of kids, older You've kids. You've helped a lot of kids, I must say. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of kids who at the gym love her for the person she is and the coach she is because she's a caring coach. And I think that whether you realize it or not has helped them in life in general, not just as an athlete, but in life in general, like as a coach, you don't see someone as just a coach. You kind of take what you learn in practice, even though it's a lot of discipline of the, the sport itself, you really, they've related a lot to it in life. And I know that because she's coached my little sister as well as other um, athletes that I know for a long period of time. Well, that's inspiring. Would you recommend cheerleading to other girls? Like growing up, if they're young, would you say you should be a cheerleader? Would you recommend that? I would, because I learned a lot from it. But Lifelong friends? Yes. Lifelong friends. Competitive? Like, do I feel it was competitive? Yeah. Yes. Are you still competitive as a coach? Are you trying to beat the other coach? I'm a little bit too competitive. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of just a competitive person at life, though. I see. Well, that's cool. That's cool. It must make a... May, may be competitive when you see all these different teams and there's so many. What's the biggest like event of the year for cheerleading where you see so many? What, what is that? Like the one um, on you know, that movie? Is it like that? Like once a year? ESPN yes year? and no. So we go to Texas in Feb, end of February, beginning of March. That tends to be the largest event just as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's NCAA All-Star Nationals and it's just all the levels across the like one through seven and it's three days. I think it's Friday through Sunday. Um, and it's just all day, literally all day. Um, so that event's fairly big that I feel like is one of the, there's like three real prestigious events to win that being one summit for levels one through five is a really big deal to win. That's in Orlando, Florida. So Texas and Florida. And then for, Level six and seven worlds, which is equivalent to like summit, but it's also in Orlando, Florida. So all three of those events. Those wow. events are like the Olympics in the cheer world. Yes. I see. You know, the, the growing up when I was a kid, cheerleading was, you know, kind of like football games and 
kind of like they're always the prettiest girls of the school and they're all the cheerleaders, the head captain or the captain of the cheerleader is always dating the head coach, varsity, I mean, the, the varsity play, football player, the, uh, not the head coach. That's <laughs> not good. Varsity, varsity no, take it easy player. there. <laughs> Normally the captain of the football team, right, mm-hmm. is dating the captain of the, the cheerleading squad. Is that kind of the cliche? I mean, is that normal or is that still going on today? I'm I just think, thinking about it from when I was young and I, I used to see that in high school. I wouldn't necessarily know in high school cheer because I don't coach that. Yeah. But, I mean, we have all variety of kids. We have the super popular kids. We have the kids that are really, really keep to themselves, super, like, just introverted. Introverted, introverted cheerleader? Mm-hmm. How's that possible? Because with competitive cheer, you're not cheering. You're not like, hey, go team. You're woo, not talking. Rah, rah. No. no. Ah. It's all skill level. I thought they had to smile and they had to, like, do they all this do. stuff. They you know do. They I mean? do. But a lot of people don't like to do the hoo-hoo, rah, rah kind of stuff. They'd rather put a lot of action, do action instead of words. And so in competitive cheer, it's based off of your skill level. And the most hoo-hoo, rah-rah thing you have to do is smile. During the whole process of COVID, what we went through like mm-hmm. last year, did they still have a competition? We did. It you was did. virtual. They did virtual cheerleading competitions? Yep. So we had one in-person event, and it was the very end of the season, the Florida, the two events in Florida. Yeah. Everything else was virtual. But the year the pandemic hit, so 2020, 2020 right? Yeah. right. We actually had just competed in Dallas and we got off the plane and a week later we were shut down. Um, and we all thought it would like go back yeah, after we a few all thought weeks. That, right. And then that, so that season ended, like we ended up calling it as we got the end of the season. We called the end of the season. Probably we drug it out for a long time because we assumed that we would go back and mm-hmm. be able to do our end of the year events. And then, so that season ended we actually did virtual tryouts. We didn't do anything in person. And was it kind of different? I mean, was it, oh, it dramatically was different? Dramatically different. Dramatically different. Um, I would imagine. It was hard not being able to see your kids like face. I mean, you could see them over the screen, but not be able to like be. But how big in is the screen if there's them? like a bunch of cheerleaders? How do you see? You know, you, know what you, I mean? you use Zoom and you try and make it work. Wow. But so we had. The first, I think the first couple weeks we were on Zoom practice and then we ran as like a camp. So we were able to function inside, but like with um, partitions. So Mm -hmm. like there was like a certain amount of kids in each section. Like it was divided between each team. And so that was a little bit of a struggle because they were in like pods and only those 10 kids could be together. So they like never actually seen each other yeah we're with their whole team so um and then once the curtains went away it was i mean it was definitely interesting last year we was there a winner there was were they really good normally or they just good on zoom virtually um well so one even know do you guys use zoom we we only use zoom for practice what the platform well there was multiple different companies that ran it slightly different so what happened for us like I mean we wore masks the whole time so some programs in it but we did and we would perform our routine they ended up getting a routine being able to do it all obviously at the same time there was less pods and everything was together but we had you would get like a filming date a start date and end date and you could film as many times as you wanted within that window Mm. and then you submit your best routine so it was kind of like Mm. I think it was harder because yeah, but you're submitting your best one. How is that harder? It was harder because you 
I hold my, myself and my kids to an extremely high standard. So I would go home and watch like the five routines we did that night and be like, okay, none of these are good enough. And I would like pick them apart. I would post for the kids what needed to be better. We'd come in and we'd try again. And then it just, I know like if it was mentally exhausting for me, for them, I can only imagine because they were probably like, God, this like again, right? Like we're doing yeah. this again. So they right. ended up you know, it's different where if you're in person, it's like, what are you going to get at that particular day at that particular moment? And like one shot, one shot, you either got I it see. or you don't. Mm-hmm. So this was like, well, if you're live, it's one shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can't do it again and get your best No, but one. that's better because that's better. kids have like adrenaline, kids threat, like they feed off of the audience. They feed off of like uh, the and feeling too, because the kids knew you could film over and over and over. So then they were like, mm, mm, no yeah. big deal. Here I am. We're going to do it again. Portia's yeah. going to make us do it yeah. again. <laughs> so they're less nervous possibly too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, well, well, that's great to hear. You know, if, um, as a, as a coach, would your team consider you a rough coach, a mean coach, a nice coach? What would you think? I guess the right word choice would be aggressive. You're pretty aggressive. So do you demand the best out of them? I try. How do you do that? Um, We talk about from day one, we talk about standards and expectations and respect. And if I'm going to give them respect, I expect the same respect back, same level of respect back. Um, We talk a lot about your personal best and what your personal best means. Um, We do a lot of goal setting, a lot of... um, Goal setting for like what they're gonna like. How do you individual do goal goals setting? and team goals? So we usually do like vision boards or vision goals of like their future. Um, the, yes, we do both. We do like short term goals. So they usually will write out like three short term goals, like what like they want to accomplish in the next month individually in cheerleading or in life. We do both. We do in cheerleading, and then they usually do in life as wow. well. Got a little tr- motivational coaches. We try. I wouldn't even say the word little like that small. I mean, you're big motivational coaches to these kids. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. She is. But you're tough on them. You're just being nice here. I mean. <laughs> Agreed. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I can be a pain. But she does praise them when they deserve it. And so you see a lot of her sessions. You uh, see a lot yes. Of, you've seen it. So she could be rough. Oh, yeah. So in order to get the best out of certain kids, you have to be a little bit tough sometimes or? I mean, every kid's different. So there's certain kids that sometimes need to be built up differently than others. There's kids that need to be reprimanded pretty stern to get their best out of them. And then there's like a bulk of them that fall somewhere in between. I think that's life, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty much how life is. So you end up getting like a a small picture of how the world works in charity. Got some crazies. Some ones who listen, spoiled, spoiled, (laughs) entitled. Yes. Is that right? Are all these kids um, pretty much respectful to you, though? Pretty much every kid that's in your group? Yeah, I I will get a couple here and there that are not right. Like right away, they're not. And then it usually takes us. You flip them over a couple of sessions and they're scared. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the kids tell me they're scared of me. I don't. I mean, I don't know why. So where do you normally place? Like when you compete, like your first place in your division, pretty much? Typically first. um, Typically first. Typically. So like out of 10 times, how many times is your team first out of 10? I would say nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Wow. And how many days of practice is that in a week? We do either Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. And then two weeks prior to an event, 
whether it be a competition or just a performance, we add Saturday. And so how long are these? How long are these practices? Two to two and a half hours. Wow. And does should you should would you recommend if someone was listening and does a wants to be a cheerleader should they join like gymnastics first? Depends on how young they are. Um, I recommend gymnastics just in general. First, before. Well, yes, before. Well, it teaches really good hand eye. Like it just teaches really good motor skills for everything, gymnastics and swimming. Oh, I see. So I recommend that, but I recommend putting them in like a camp first to see if it's something they're actually interested in because it is very expensive. Cheerleading is expensive. Yeah. Like what? What are you paying for? Um, you're paying. They're paying you. They're, they're paying, paying the coach. They're paying the facility, obviously. They're paying. So they're paying for the facility. They're paying for the facility. They're paying for the coaching. They're paying for uniform. They're paying for choreography. They're paying for music. Well, let me start over. So you join cheerleading. Yes. You're paying for your uniform. Yes. You're paying for them to teach you how to dance or to teach you the moves. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're also paying for the venue, where the building that we're in. Yes. W- wow. That's you're a lot to pay. For, you're paying for competition fees. So you're paying for the to yeah. compete. The, each, and, each girl or whoever, boy yes. or girl, has mm-hmm. to pay for the mm-hmm. fee. Mm-hmm. So it's usually it's like broken down. Fee. No, it's usually broken down. We do like monthly tuition, which covers like the coaching, the facility, like all that, the, the typical stuff. And then I think there's the uniform fee, which is like uniform practice where that's separate. And then there's the competition fees. And then obviously after you pay for all that, then you're responsible for your own travel. So if you're going to go to Texas or Florida, one of those competitions, you're responsible for your fee to mm-hmm. get there. Hotel and Hotel, the flight. Hotel, food, flight. So there's nothing covered. What if you win? Do you get reimbursed anything or is there like no. a cash no. prize? You get like you get a ring rights. or you get a medal or you get a trophy. So, so the parents would be like, man, this is expensive. Yes. And the kids are like, I'm loving it though. I'm part of this whole mm-hmm. thing. Yep. So it's really a trap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, the great thing is most parents, most parents feel that the life lessons the kids learn end up being Are worth all of it. End up being worth, worth it. I think being competitive is a big deal. Um, being part of a team. Would you agree with that? Yes. Um, learning a routine and being able to be in sync. Uh, with timing of other mm-hmm. people. I see them like build these like uh, pyramids. Yeah, whatever they're called, where the like, girl's on the top and she jumps off and flies into somebody's arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy. It is so much fun. That you, you, Okay, so I guess you know how to do that. That just scares <laughs> the heck out of me. Um, my daughter was never a flyer or anything like that, but she was one of the, she would be holding. A base. She was uh, a base. She was a base. But um, that felt more safe for me, you know. But the the amount of pressure they had when we and these were just high school competition, kids were crying outside. Um, so when you got that one out of the ten that you didn't win, and the kids came outside and they're like, "Are they crying? Yes. Are they broken down? And do you guys just tell them we'll do it better next year? Or you know, was it one person who fell? Could could one person who falls in a competition yes. ruin it for everybody yeah yes oh really that's a lot of pressure so it also <clears throat> depends on the event we're at as to how the kids feel after losing because i mean if there's a mistake we tend to let our kids know ahead of time like you when you make a mistake you are not going to be rewarded the same way as if you didn't so the kids have know the not criteria but know what to expect coming out of it right um 
as far as when they don't end up being successful, I have had a handful of times, like I said, I'm very bad. I'm not, I'm very competitive, so I'm not the best loser. Um, (laughs) but, but we, so there's been a handful of times that we've lost that I don't know how to justify it because we've done better than day one and day one we will have been in first and day two we dropped to maybe third. So it's fixed. And (laughs) I mean, you never know. (laughs) But so it's taught me a lot because sometimes I don't have the answers and I expect that that's probably how parenting is at times. Like you don't always have the exact answer mm-hmm. um, or an answer that's going to sit well with the kids. So a lot of times I will ask and I will, I will always go to bat for my kids. I will always try and find answers, but there's been times I've had to come back and just be like, you know what? I don't have an answer and I'm really sorry, but like, let's just use this as fuel to our fire and let's go home and let's work harder. So it doesn't happen again. I mean, do you know who the judges are? I mean, what if it's just a crazy judge there? They ha- you can't judge what they're doing. We can't. We right. just, it's so, kind of one of those things. You just. I would just tell the kids, look, we had bad judges. That's it. <laughs> That's it. There have been times I've been like, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe the judges, judges are just blind. didn't like yeah, you. Did. Yeah, he did. yeah, that's it. They just, they, they wanted something. okay. Yeah. It's political at that point. What I usually tell them is clearly someone else needed the win more than you. And that's okay because we've won a lot. That's right. And, and, and losing is part of the experience of how to appreciate winning and Mm -hmm. going through the process of how do you handle it when you don't get what you want or you work hard and you didn't get it. That's part of life as well. Yeah. Last thing is, do you have anything in your life outside of cheerleading that maybe have been a tough time that you got out of that? You know, you had a, you know, there was a fork in the road that you had to choose something and you went this way and it adjusted your life. Is there anything that you'd want to give, you know, advice to somebody else? One of the goals of the Decisive Point podcast is to try to help even one person out there that may be going through or went through a similar situation of any of us. Um, For me, it was losing my parents. When I lost my parents, that was a big impact on my life. When uh, I lost a job and I got fired from a job, and I was forced to find money somehow from nowhere. That was an experience that I had to yes. adjust and it made my life different. Then a business that failed. I, I had the mortgage industry crash in 2007, lost everything, and having to restart a business from nothing. That became a big growing pain. So sometimes the worst experience turned out to be a great experience when you look at it from you know, 30,000 feet up. It's like, wow, thank God I went through that because it turned me into a bigger person. Are there any experience that you might have had in your past that may have seemed like it was tough? And when you got through it, it actually really helped you get to another part of your life that became even better because of that yeah. experience um, that you wouldn't <clears throat> mind sharing. And that could help somebody out there. There's a lot of little things. Um, first, first of all, how old are you? 35. 35. Ever have a challenging situation in your life? Yes. Yeah. But, I mean... I would say losing my grandparents was really hard. That's very tough. Um, Were you very close with your grandparents? Yes. Till I was really close. They moved away to Arizona. And then when my grandma moved back. But yeah, yes, I was. That's tough. She yeah. helped. She was a big part of my life until yeah. they moved. And they moved my senior year of high school. And then it was. And you were older too. I was older. I was angry at the world for it because I spent a lot of time with them. And then my grandpa passed away when they lived out there. And then mm. my grandma moved back and she passed away when she was living here. So I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. It was 
a long time ago. So you're better now. I am. Yeah, you're stronger now. Yeah. So any experiences that kind of other than that, other than so is that your grandparents passing was one of your toughest struggles? I would say for me, I don't know my biological dad. Oh, um, really? But he, I've been told I look a lot like him, but my entire, so like my mom raised me a single mom um, until I was six and she met my dad now and they got married when I was nine and he legally adopted me. Um, That's cool. So very cool. Yeah. I'm very, very, very thankful for that. But I think what was the hardest is when I was younger, I didn't look like anyone in my family. And it was a really, really hard concept for me because I just thought that that's how it was. Like I didn't, I didn't think anything of it, but people always asked and people were always like, oh, you look different. Like you're so dark compared to, you know, like, or, oh, is that your nanny? Is that your, you know, I see. it was never. So growing up, not I mean it had its moments I didn't mind it until I got older and I realized like oh this is definitely different than it's always when you're older yeah <laughs> so right. now that I'm like now that I'm older I'm like wow like it's you don't you look very young you do not look like you've been 30 years old thanks why right, she said 35 right yes <laughs> there's no way you're 35 years old I'm 30 I was born in 1986 35 years old and you've had you know obviously loss of family is a very tough loss mm-hmm. um, going through the experience of um, not meeting your father you've never met your father no I don't necessarily think I want to gotcha so I've never really never met him and you don't care to meet him correct got it understood um my dad tough. now is like my dad that's your dad right yeah. and that's awesome you know, because then you were blessed with a father. Yep. Right. Although you didn't meet your first father or. Yeah. And outside of that, though, um, cheerleading was a huge part of your life. Yes. From what I'm hearing. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you're pursuing uh, being a business owner while you're still in cheerleading. So you have big dreams and aspirations. Anything I, else you see? Like, what does your vision board say the next five years will look like? You, you're talking about vision boards with your students. So what would be on your vision board of what you would see in the future? I really want to travel. Want to travel? Like, like where? Everywhere. That's all on her travel board. Where do you want to travel? Anywhere and everywhere tropical. Anywhere tropical. Anything Any, with the beach has Porsche's name. with the beach. Anything with the beach. That I can go and just swim in the ocean and just stay there forever. So you want to be like a surfer and just surf everywhere. Yeah, or like a mermaid. <laughs> that would be cool too. Portia, thank you so much for your stories and being open with us. And good luck in your future thank and you. all your endeavors. All right, well, thank you guys. Well, let's make it a great day, everyone. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, show your support by subscribing or leaving a rating and a review. Until next time, this is the Decisive Point Podcast with your host, Jeffrey Delgado.